Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk again about the Kingdom of God, and we're going to hit a number of different subjects. We're kind of in a series about salvation, but really the gospel is the gospel of salvation. It is all about salvation. The problem is people aren't really clear, in my mind at least, uh, what they think salvation is. Most people think salvation is you go to heaven when you die. Uh, although there's very little talk about that in the Bible. there, If you actually look up the word salvation in the Bible, it's talking about a lot of different things. You know, saving the people of Israel from the bondage of Egypt. Uh, saving the people who followed the ways of Abraham. Uh, from the kings who came in and, and took one city state after another. Saving the people from disease and plagues. Uh, it's saving people actually in real time in the real world, which is probably why Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is for the living and not for the dead. It's not just about after you die. It's right now saving you from the miseries of this life. Not that you aren't going to have difficulty. Now, one of the amazing things is when the apostles were persecuted, they didn't seem to be depressed about it. They didn't seem to be uh, upset about it. They actually accepted it and realized that in accepting their sacrifice, uh, that, you know, and this, of course, is what Christ was warning them, that uh, they would, uh, they would uh, suffer some of the same things that he suffered. And we should figure that maybe we're going to suffer some of the same things that Christ suffered and the apostles suffered and the early Christians suffered. And we certainly can go out in the world today and see that the people claiming to be Christians are often being persecuted. Now, what's a Christian? A Christian, by definition, should be at least somebody who is following Christ. Doing what Christ said to do. That's what a Christian is and and should be defined as. So anyway, to uh, know what that looks like, we need to know what Christ actually said and what he was actually doing and what he was actually telling us not to do or to do. And uh, as soon as you talk about what Christ said to do or not to do, people start start saying, oh, you're talking about being saved by works. No, I'm not. So get that out of your head. You can't use that excuse because I'm not saying you are saved by works. To be saved by works is somehow or other what you do earns you salvation. It earns, it, it actually puts God in debt to you. That's what they mean when Paul's talking about not by your works. You can't claim that God owes you anything. Because you did this and so now he owes you salvation. He owes you to be saved. He owes you blessings. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what James said. Are you really the faithful? Are you really believing in Christ? How would we know that? Because you say it? Well, you could be a liar. 
You could be lying to yourself. You could be uh, under a strong delusion. You could be deceived. So how do you know you really do believe in Christ? And have faith in Christ? Well, by what you do. Christ said that. Not what you say, but what you do. Now, the, all the apostles made reference to that. All the uh, all we see in Peter, we see it in, in Paul, t- telling you that all the people doing this over here, and he has a big long list of things that, you know, people do. They have no inheritance in the kingdom. And you know they have no inheritance in the kingdom because of what they do. Now, they probably or might say that they're, they believe in Jesus, but they're doing all these other things that are contrary to what Jesus said to do. So you know they aren't really the faithful. Now, the big question is not about them. The big question is about you. Are you really the faithful? Because what they do has nothing to do with your salvation. It's what you do. Or what you imagine you do. Or what you imagine you believe. You have to really believe in the real Christ. And there's a lot of Christs out there. And that's what they say. That there would be many saying they're the Christ. There's many saying that this is what Christ said. And this is what Christ said. But we have a pretty good idea of what he said. I mean, because we do have the Bible. And you can go through it. And that's why I point out. If you read the doctrine of a particular church that you're going to. Or thinking about going to. And that doctrine is more than 50% men and their opinions and, you know, less than 50% Christ and his opinion. Then I would guess that that really isn't a church established by Christ. And Christ, when he said things, they were pretty clear. You know, I mean, yeah, he spoke in another language and we only have translations of that. But, uh, but we have lots of translations of it and we have Lots of ways of examining that original text. And we might have some opinions about that. But basically, it has to be what he taught. The doctrines of the church have to be the doctrines of Christ. What Christ taught. He taught a lot. And so we should be looking at what he said and doing what he said. Uh, And if you don't want to do what he said, then don't tell me you believe in him. I mean, that's just, that's just basic common sense. But unfortunately, common sense is not so common. So, just before the show began today, I was hearing a little bit of the news, and they were talking about, uh, you know, the, this forced vaccination situation in the world today. I mean, there, there's, it's not, all these idea of forced vaccination didn't just crop up in Rockland, New York. It cropped up all over the United States at the same time. This is an organized effort of somebody who's probably going to make money on the deal. Politicians don't usually, you can't, it, unfortunately, many politicians get moving on something because there's money behind that. So, so, you know, follow the money. So why is there suddenly this desire for forced vaccination? If you, you know, the idea of forced vaccinations is really bizarre. It should be really bizarre in any nation that's claiming to be a free nation. It should be an absolute shocker that somebody is actually thinking about forced vaccinations. But Rockland, this county in New York, says uh, no vaccine 
kids are barred from public places starting at midnight. Uh, no school, no church, no sports. And uh, it actually can actually mean you don't get to go to the grocery store. Yeah, you don't get to go to bus stations, train stations, plane stations. Yeah, you're not supposed to be out. You know, if you're walking around, you you know, you're supposed to be, you know, not gathering where other people gather. And, uh, you know, this is because of this outbreak. And, uh, and, and, uh, the, so what is this outbreak in Rockland? They've mentioned 153 cases. Are there 153 people with measles right now in Rockland? No. There's, there's over 150 people with permanent lifetime immunity to measles. Because they got measles and got better. They're, they're going back to 2018 to get the, the 153 number. There's, there's maybe, they won't say, and people have called up and called up and tried to find out and they, they're given another number and they call that number and they try to find out and they said, well, we don't have that number. These are the people monitoring this plague of measles, which is not really a plague of measles. It's just some people are getting the measles. But they're talking about maybe four cases. So now everybody in the county is on lockdown unless you get the vaccine. And which is an inconvenience, but to tell you the truth, if they're out forced vaccinating people, you probably want to be locked down because... Almost everybody who gets vaccines, you know, we talked about it in the last few shows. You know, everybody who's getting polio in uh, the Congo, they're all getting it from the vaccine. Because after you get the vaccine for days, you're shedding polio virus. And with poor sanitation in some of these places, it's going to spread. Uh, you know, people people are shocked to find this out, although it's in the congressional record. That since 1961, according to the guy who invented the salt vaccine, all the cases of polio were from the vaccine. It's not what they call the wild virus, you know, the normal polio virus that's out in, in lakes and ponds and everything. And, and those of you who have listened to the last show know that 95% of the people who got polio Back in the, when everybody was getting polio and there was supposed to be this terrible tragedy and there were a lot of tragedies in, in involved in this, but what was really the cause? Because 95% of the people who got polio never showed a single symptom. They never even knew they had it. But after they had it, they had a lifetime immunity. They easily developed an immunity without ever even getting so much as a runny nose. 5% of the people started showing some cold-like, flu-like symptoms. You know, maybe runny nose, maybe a cough, maybe uh, uh, some diarrhea. And they were probably sick in bed for a few days, maybe a few weeks even. Uh, but that's that's 5% or less. And, you know, of those 5%, some of them were really mild symptoms. Only a tiny little fraction of that actually showed some paralysis and most of the people who got some paralysis, the paralysis was gone within six months to a year. There were some terrible cases. People died. People 
you know, couldn't breathe because the, the muscles in their lungs weren't working. And so they had to be put into iron lungs. We we really, people say iron lung has gone away because of vaccines. No, iron lungs went away because we invented better ways of helping people breathe. We We do it all the time in hospitals. People can't breathe and they put them on a respirator. They just don't have those gigantic, you know, scary iron lungs. Uh, because we have better ways of doing it. You know, I, I knew somebody who was just in the hospital and they were on a respirator because they couldn't breathe. Well, that would have been an iron lung back then. So that happens. And paralysis happens, not just with polio. I mean, they actually believe that there's a number of people that believe that FDR never got, was was not paralyzed by the polio virus. He might have got polio, but... He, he might have been one of those 95% of the people who never showed any symptoms. But he got something that caused him to damage, uh, you know, his nervous system so that he could not walk. And there are a lot of things that could do that. But the human body is an amazing thing. You can become immune to many of these things. There are many things you can do to affect your immune system that may cause difficulties. Uh, that you it will be difficult to, uh, you know, fight off a particular sickness. You know, it, all kinds of, you know, what you eat, uh, what you drink, you know, what you're consuming may affect your natural immune system. Uh, one of the things that affects your natural immune system is, you know, a lot of the toxins that come along with vaccines, which is probably correlation, maybe not causation, but there's a lot of evidence since since vaccines are dealing with immune systems, or at least one part of your immune system, you have many different parts to your immune system, you know, backups. And also, you know, like uh, when, when you get, uh, when you got the injections for polio, it didn't do anything about your intestines. And that's, you know, it's a gastrointestinal invasion of your system. That's where polio gets into you. And so the injection didn't give you intestinal immunity. So therefore, People were still getting sick because you're part of you, we've talked about this, you know, the other brain is actually in your intestines. You actually have brain nerve cells and, and cells in your intestines and it's because that's your second brain, they call it. And so when you got polio, it could affect those things and then affect the other parts of your body because that's what the, the toxins of polio is actually affecting uh, the gray matter. That's why they call it polio, which we've talked about before. And you can go back and listen to the other shows and podcasts and, and find out more about that. But the, the reality is, is that most people got polio, got better and had lifetime immunity. And, and when they later on got a vaccine or got, uh, you know, the, either the injection or the, you know, the sugar cube, they were already immune to polio. Problem is, is that in, Manufacturing polio vaccines, they're altering the polio virus. And and when you inject it into other people or put it into other people, it can mutate more. And so that you end up with a polio strain that is not the original, natural, what they call wild strain. And eventually that could mutate enough so that you need a new vaccine to protect you from that. The, the new polio that your vaccine created. So, I mean, I'm not trying to... I'm just talking science here. I'm not making conspiracy theories. This is just the way nature works. 
there's lots of different strains of polio. The amazing thing now is that we have the technology that you can go to places like Syria where we have polio outbreaks and and the Congo where you have polio outbreaks and they can actually take somebody who has polio and extract the virus and then DNA test the virus so you know where this polio came from. And that's why the World Health Organization, This I'm not asking Alex Jones, I I looked it up on the World Health Organization, says that these are all from the vaccine. All these people who are getting sick are getting sick because they're out there vaccinating people in the Congo with poor sanitation, um, not clean drinking water. And when they start sloughing the virus, it starts getting into other people and then it can mutate and then etc. But it is the polio virus from the vaccine. Not the polio virus in nature. That's almost gone. Or it's really not almost gone. That, that, that's another deception. And we talked about this. When you reach herd immunity, when 60% of the people are completely immune to the disease, it, it doesn't travel around. And what happens is that immunity continues to travel through society, actually from generation to generation. You can pass it down from generation to generation. But that's only natural immunity. Vaccination immunities don't do that. You'll have to go back and get your new children vaccinated again because you're not passing down that immunity to from generation to generation. And so what you're doing is they're, they're going to have to get another injection when your babies are born. And then you'll probably have to get boosters because most of those injected uh, vaccinations are not giving you lifetime immunity. They give you immunity for a few years maybe. And then it's not, you know, many of those cases in Rockland, those 153 cases over a period of, I don't know exactly how long, it was back in 2018 they started counting. And there was, you know, an original surge. But then once people realized it was going around, then you start quarantining the, the child until he's not contagious. And so that doesn't spread as easy. And not necessarily so with a vaccine because they can be shedding the virus and you don't have any way of knowing that they're shedding the virus unless you know they just got vaccinated. But they're not sick, so they're out there walking around with everybody else. And that's why if you're not vaccinated, you probably don't want to be walking around where they're vaccinating everybody else. Because you can get the disease. It, You know, like people say, if vaccines work, why is everybody worried about it? If you got the vaccine, you're safe, right? fact is, they don't all work because some of those cases of measles are vaccinated children who got measles anyway because they don't always work now you can get some immunity you can affect part of your immune system by getting a vaccine but if you get the disease and get better or improve the quality of your immune system improve the quality of your health the you can end up not only being healthier yourself better prepared for the next disease that comes down the road. But uh, you can be uh, absolutely uh, uh, passing this on to the next generation, that healthy nature that you have developed. But anyway, like I said, we talked a great deal about that in previous shows. In the news this week, uh, the Swedish uh, Riksdag, which is their parliament, rejected seven motions on May 10th uh, that would have enshrined forced vaccinations into the law of Sweden. 
And they stated it would violate our Swedish constitution if we introduce compulsory vaccinations or mandatory vaccinations. So, Sweden has done that. You know, I have a a daughter-in-law from Sweden. And she's pretty much unvaccinated. Uh, You know, she got waivers and stuff. She might have some, but she's pretty healthy. But uh, now she comes to America and they're starting to talk about forced vaccinations. And, you know, the same bills over here in Oregon. It passed in the first uh, subcommittee with a vote of 9 to 30. 30 people wanted to force their neighbor to get a vaccination because they, one guy said, because polio vaccine eradicated polio, which is, as we've shown in the last few shows, is not really true. And and we know that's not really true just simply by looking at when polio disappeared, understanding the nature of polio immunity, uh, understanding the nature of herd immunity. We were well on our way with 95 out of every five cases not even showing any signs. So if you had 100 cases, then you just do the math. Uh, how many people were already, by the time you had 100 cases, you already had a huge number of the population that were 100% lifetime immunity. And uh, you you couldn't even count those 100 cases because many people, you know, like I said, that when the symptoms are mild, you just got to, a fever, you ran a fever for the night and and people weren't all running down to the doctor for everything. It was probably the only ones that would actually show up as counted as polio victims was probably 2 or 3% of the people who actually got polio. And I'm being generous with that. It's probably more like 2% of the people who got polio. So, you know, I just, I just happened to also watch a movie this week, Contagion, I think it was the name of it. And it really was a piece of propaganda. But uh, it was an interesting movie. The disease that was going around at that particular time had 25% of the people who got it died. We're talking a tiny fraction of the people who got polio died. Everybody else got lifetime immunity. And then now we where now we're finding the only cases of polio around are caused by the vaccine. Or at least, you know, they're originally, it's the it's the virus that's in the vaccine. And the truth is, is that's just polio. What about pertussis? What about measles? Why did some people who not only had their measles, MMR shots, they had the second one as well, and they still got measles? Why is that? It's not because some people are unvaccinated. Uh, All those people who got polio in Congo and Syria, they all have it because they're vaccinating. They didn't get it because of uh, it's out there in in the ponds. (laughs) They got it because people are out there injecting it in the whole population. But anyway, we're going to go on and talk about a few other things. I think we pretty much... uh, covered a great deal of what's going on with this vaccination but uh, i'm going to bring up another topic and uh, show you how that's also related to the same thing and maybe your salvation we'll be right back oh well i'll just touch one more little bit on the uh, what rick stug uh was saying which is the parliament of sweden was saying is 
They were pointing out that frequent serious adverse reactions in children who receive vaccination in their NHF uh, in Sweden uh, also shows how frequent serious adverse reactions according to the rate at which specifics in the package leaflet. Anyway, the uh, it, it tells you, right? I mean, how many people have read the packet leaflet in the MMR <laughs> vaccine? To find out what could go wrong when I get this. And you, the idea that somehow or other it's eradicating uh, these diseases is n- not true. It is just, it is, it is correlation again, not causation. Polio disappeared not because of the vaccine, but because we were already well on our way to reaching herd immunity. Because thousands, tens of thousands of people had gotten polio, never showed any symptoms, but were now immune. And they were passing this immunity on to the next generation. And they were uh, actually, uh, I I believe, but I, I can't prove this, that the more people that are immune, they can actually pass that immunity on to other people. Because you don't just shed the virus. You may also shed those you know elements of the virus that have already been wiped out in you. I mean, you become literally a walking, vaccinating element of society. They're they're shedding particles that aren't going to make people sick, but may trigger their immune system. It's like cellular communication. And so you may be passing that immunity on to other people. And that's one of the reasons why herd immunity, it's not just the contagion cannot pass through the community, because in the case of polio, the contagion's in the water, you know, where people go swimming. It's all over the place. It's not people sneezing that gets you polio. But yet, other once they got to herd immunity, people go swimming in the same water that never got the disease seem to be immune already. You're triggering things in their immune system because you're 100% immune. And you're connecting with them so you know you want to hug the person who got sick and got well (laughs) because you may pick up some immunity uh there's i mean it's a complicated there's a lot more going on here than people like you know like oh there's a little disease and you touch it and you get it automatically you know i mean even in the movie contagion they had somebody who was exposed clearly exposed never got sick and was walking around totally immune Something could happen to his immune system where he could suddenly get sick. You know, one of my granddaughters recently got sick. I believe that whatever it was that got her sick was already in her. But she went out and she was playing with some of her other cousins and she just wore herself out. They just go, go. They were on the trampoline and up all night and just constantly play, 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 play. And then they came home and somebody else was here and then they played, play, play with her. And she just wore herself out. And then she was more exposed. So things that were already in her got her sick. And so she had to take a day of rest. And uh, she, I, I believe she's all better now. But that that makes her immune system stronger. She's dealt with those stresses and her body knew how to do it. But there's also things you can do to improve the immune system of your child. And good food is one of those things. Good, wholesome Healthy, natural foods will impart and stimulate immunity. 
Which brings me to my second topic for today. Where in the heck are you going to find good, wholesome, healthy food? (laughs) It's not as easy to find as it used to be. Uh, Because there's a great experiment going on with the way in which we prepare and produce and purchase and provide food for our family. And uh, I I met, uh, I didn't meet him, but I, I, I came across an interesting guy. Shiva Adorai, uh, Adorai, uh, I'm not sure how to say his second name. He's from India. Well, he's born in India. He was raised for the most part in the United States. And he's, you know, he's got like four degrees. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I believe he's like a billionaire already. I think when he was 14, he got a patent for some of the first email that was ever introduced because he wrote the program for it. But, uh, so he's he's a bright guy, and he 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 thinks the world of this country. He was adopted, I guess, and uh, by caring, loving parents. I, that's pretty much his story. But uh, and he went to MIT, and and uh, he's very successful. He also is running for Senate, or did in Massachusetts uh, first as a Democrat, and then I guess as an independent. No, not not as a Democrat, as a Republican. Then as an independent. And of course he's running against uh, Elizabeth Warren. And uh, and I guess on his posters it said something like uh, uh, a real Indian running against a fake Indian. <laughs> so anyway, which is kind of a clever uh, slogan. But anyway, what I was interested in is uh, his his work on GMOs. And he has done some very interesting work on GMOs because he's actually started to look into the science. I mean, this guy is what you call a scientist. He is really methodical and a real scientist. And uh, he's done some amazing work here. And I've, I've got a few uh, notes here. But uh, I, he he was talking about studying GMOs and, and, and the genetics of GMOs and how they work and don't work. In that process, he also has been explaining our genes. And we've talked about this, uh, and I've brought it up a number of times. And most people, a lot of this stuff can go right over their heads. And what I want to do is kind of bring it down to a level that you can kind of get a better grasp on it. And actually, he does a pretty good, Shiva does a pretty good job of doing that himself. Uh, He points out that we have about the same number of genes as a worm. You would think, oh, well, a worm, very simple, not a very complex creature, and we are so complex and, and uh, you know, that we're going to have like 10 times, 100 times the genetic uh, code as a worm. We have about the same. And uh, which I thought was kind of interesting analogy because of the fact that Jesus says this worm will not die. He's talking about himself. But we have this other thing and worms have it too. It's called epigenetics. It's outside that genetic DNA double helix code. And there are things that can turn on our genes and turn off our genes. And of course, some people have now made the contention that the reason we only live about 70, 80 years, maybe 100 years at the most, is because something in our genes doesn't allow us to live longer than that. We began to, because there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to just continue to live. But something has changed our genes, turned off something in our genes so that we almost have it programmed into us that we're not going to live forever. 
So is there something you could do to turn that back on again? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a big question. And people are making lots of money trying to sell you this thing or that thing to turn that, that, uh, th- turn that code on, you know, your fountain of youth, uh, perpetual health and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, I think there probably is, but you're probably not going to find it in the drugstore. And, uh, because, Epigenetics is also another thing that we've talked about. We have past programs on this. And uh, we have a website that uh, connects a lot of those things. And actually, I'm I'm thinking we've had some problems with the website. I'm thinking about maybe start taking uh, a large amount of that, what we have on that website and information, and putting it in another format and putting it on another website uh, so that the information remains accessible all the time. Of course, that's going to take a lot of work could use your support in getting that done, use people's help in getting that done, and we have some, but the thing is, is one of the key things in Christ's gospel, and it, it goes back to even Moses, goes back to Abraham, it, it goes back from, to the beginning of time, that you have to care about your neighbor, your brother, as much as you care about yourself. You know, the idea when Jesus talks about Raka, going and making peace with your brother, if you have an enmity with your brother, before you go to the altar and make your sacrifice. He's giving you a key to your spiritual epigenetics. That if you don't forgive, you're not going to live forever. <laughs> That's just, I don't care what you find in the drugstore or the health food store. If you, there's nothing you can do to improve your health more than to forgive. Well, I shouldn't say there's nothing. There's nothing you're going to find in a drugstore or in a health food store that can do more to lengthen your life than to learn to forgive. Because there are other things that you also have to learn to give. If you want life more abundant, you have to give life to others. This is the characteristic of God, is that He gives life. He gives choice. He gives freedom. He gives liberty. Anything that is doing contrary to that is probably not of God. Anything that takes life away, that degenerates life, weakens life, anything that does those things is is probably not what you, you want to be doing. It's contrary to that. It's, it's going to interfere. It's going to turn off certain elements that give you life. And so, you know, what Christ's message is a lot deeper than, you know, a Sunday morning sermon or a Sabbath uh, evening sermon. It goes down to the very heart and depth of your being and to the very genetic code of every cell in your body. And it has to be written there and on your heart and on your mind. So, anyway, uh, one of the things that in studying GMOs, he was looking at GMO products. Uh, you know, different, you know, soys. Almost every soy bean you buy in the store, almost everything you buy in the store now has some soy in it. And uh, soy, almost every soy seed put into the ground in the United States is a genetically modified seed. So what is the difference between a GMO, genetically modified organism, and the original organism? 
because they are substantially the same. I mean, most of the characteristics of a GMO plant is the same as the plant that was not GMO. GMO, genetically modified, is not, you know, everything that produces by sexual reproduction, you know, seeds, that it is all genetically modified by the interaction of two different plants, a male and female, are going to produce something that doesn't isn't a clone of either one. It's a mix of the two. This is an amazing thing in creation. That I don't believe that that came about simply because some primordial slime produced millions of little microbes that suddenly decided let's reproduce by sexual reproduction. <laughs> you know that. That's quite a coincidence. Uh, that is not a coincidence. I think that's a design. But GMOs don't use that process. They use another process where they ta- they can take they can take DNA from a fish and put it in a tomato, you know, and splice it in there, and then now that tomato will do something they want to see done. But will it also do something you don't want to see done? What else is it doing? There are no there are no safety checks in these do, new genetic, uh, genetically modified organisms to see if they are producing... To- well, actually, some of them are designed to actually produce toxins. They design them to produce toxins to kill bugs and to keep bugs from eating them. Because the bugs shy away from them because there's a toxin in them. But now you eat the plant, aren't you eating the toxin? You know, there's an interesting study that almost every uh, cereal that you buy in the supermarkets today has glyphosate in it. And you can actually find charts on the internet that show you how much glyphosate is in your Cheerios and in your Fruit Loops and in your Count Dracula um cereals and I don't know what all Wheaties, whatever it is that you eat they will tell you how much glyphosate is generally found in there and one of them, I think it was Lucky Charms had the lowest amount of glyphosate of almost any other cereal but the problem is is all the other stuff they have in Lucky Charms that might not be good for you so I mean you shouldn't be eating any of those things anyway it's not real food, it's highly processed etc but Glyphosate, for those of you who don't know, is a poison, uh, herbal poison that they put on plants to kill weeds. And so what uh, Monsanto is doing is producing uh, GMO grains that are not affected by glyphosate. And that sounds like a real good idea. So now you can kill out all the weeds, but you don't kill out the grain. And until you're ready. And then you can put an extra amount of glyphosate on and then you can kill it out. <laughs> and then you'll have, you know, then you can just run the combine through the field and everything is harvested at the same dryness and everything. But you get to eat glyphosate. So what's that happening? What is that doing in you? And uh is it, you know, where's the test? Where's the studies to prove that it doesn't hurt you? Where's the tests that show that the GMO doesn't hurt you? There isn't any because they say it's substantially the same as a regular. Well, you know, I can give you, you know, I can make a cake that's substantially the same as the Costco cake that you can go down and buy. 
But I just changed one little thing. I put a capsule of arsenic in the in the cake. It's just one little tiny change in the recipe. But it's going to kill you. Actually, the Costco cake might kill you anyway, but <laughs> it'd be a slower death. But uh, the uh, arsenic in there is going to kill you. But it's just a little tiny change, so we should be able to do that. Well, the fact is, is that's that's the way these things get approved. Nobody tests whether the little tiny change is toxic. And there's a lot of evidence that these things are toxic and they are all causing huge amounts of problems. And we have shows on that, which you can, uh, you can go listen to on some of our websites. But, uh, what Dr. Uh, Shiva, Shiva, I'm going to use his first name, is, uh, showing is what is actually happening in the GMO plant. One of the things that people were beginning to realize is that GMO, uh, you know, whether it's soybeans or what have you, uh, have a certain amount of formaldehyde in them. And the plant is producing formaldehyde. Well, the fact is all plants produce formaldehyde. It's a part of the chemical process of photosynthesis. They all produce formaldehyde. But they also have something in their genetics that removes the formaldehyde, neutralizes it. So they produce it in the process of photosynthesis and then they neutralize it in the same processes of the plant. Huge complex amount of chemistry going on just to grow a petunia. I mean, it's it's just staggering the amount of interaction chemically and cellularly within just a single seed. And I, I mean, I was doing studies on this back when I was a little kid showing how you could grow plants two, three times the size of what they would normally be by just altering or adding a little bit of certain things, not fertilizers, but actually I was dealing with the hormones in the, the plant itself. It's it's a phenomenal thing to understand. Most people don't understand it, but we you you look at a flower and you say, amazing. <laughs> and that may be all you need to understand. But if you're going to go down to the grocery store and buy GMOs, which you you know, you can't, tell whether you're buying GMOs because people like Elizabeth Warren said that we don't want you to know. So she took money from Monsanto and passed the law or voted for a law that keeps you from knowing whether or not you're getting a GMO product or not. There's still ways to find out and there are people coming together and uh, finding out what's what and finding out how to tell. But it requires that you come together with them too and work on this and and. If you do it as small groups, congregations of people, because some of you are going to get this better than others. Some of you are going to figure this out better than others. But again, back to that spiritual epigenetics, you have to care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. So if you're out there just exploring all the research yourself all alone, you're just going to fix this so that you get a healthier diet you're missing one of the key elements of the kingdom of God. You're missing one of the keys to the kingdom. You have to do this in care and love for others and their life and the life of their children. See, what you're seeing with this forced vaccination, everybody is trying to save their life. No, they may say, well, we care about your kids, so we know they need to get vaccinated. Well, in Sweden, they realize that the adverse reactions according to the rates that are specified in the packets of the MMR vaccine vaccine alone 
may outweigh any benefits that you get by forced vaccination, besides it being a violation of their constitution. But people, but people in America, 30 out of 40, did not see that there's a problem with forcing your neighbor to do something. Now, I'll admit that some of that is ignorance because they think these ridiculous ideas like the vaccine eradicated polio. And there really is no evidence. It's a great sales pitch for the pharmaceutical company to get everybody to take the vaccine. But the reality is it it not only didn't eradicate it, it's causing polio. And again, that's what the World Health Organization is telling you. Now, they, they, you know, you have to go and read because they're not going to advertise it because, (laughs) you know, somebody would. That was one of the interesting things that uh, Dr. Shiva was just literally attacked uh, when he came up with these findings, which are all scientific findings. Yes, the GMO, he shows the amount of formaldehyde produced in the plant and reduced in the plant naturally and then in the GMO plant, but not reduced in the GMO plant. So you see the formaldehyde going there. Well, it's a complex chemical process to reduce that formaldehyde. And one of the uh, uh, elements that the plant uses to do that is glutathione, which in the regular plant is up at a very high level and just stays at that high level the whole time that plant is growing. And even when you harvest it, it, that glutathione is in there. But in the GMO, the uh, glutathione drops off and is almost non-existent. So therefore, the formaldehyde is up. And these are just a couple of chemicals in this whole dynamic of growth of your food, the production of your food. Because plant growth is literally a the machinery by which your life is sustained on this plant planet. Those plants are growing and producing what will be required to sustain you as a living creature on this planet. And somebody coming along and altering that process because they think they know better and are often driven by profit to do so and control uh that's bad that's not giving life that's taking life away that now they say they're giving life you know they're going to feed the masses india you know that's one of the things they hold up india africa all these uh countries they say oh the people are starving all those countries produce way more food than they need that they all do that america produces way more food than it needs the problem is distribution of the food and distribution has uh, a variety of elements to it. I mean, of course, you know, time it takes to distribute, um, energy it takes to distribute, uh, means it takes to distribute uh, without spoilage. All these things are factors into it. People talk about socialism being this redistribution of food and wealth, etc. and everything. But yet we see one of the most socialist nations in the uh uh, Western Hemisphere is Venezuela and people are starving there uh, because they took out certain elements of the economy in order to produce a socialist state. And those elements were essential for distribution of food. People blame capitalism for the lack of distribution of food 
in in places like India or or Africa or the United States. Capitalism is not a system of distribution. Capitalism is not even a system, a political certainly not a political system. It's simply you get to keep what you produce. That's what capitalism says. What you produce is yours. The distribution system of capitalism is the same distribution system of Christ. It's called charity. It's giving that life. I tell you, if you give life to others, and we do this every day. You know, men and women marry, they have children. They're giving life to one another. Usually divorce comes about because somebody wants to take life from their partner. <laughs> and, or they don't want to give a life to their partner anymore. They they want to be a taker rather than a giver. And uh, so that's usually when, you know, the relationships break down. If you want to have life more abundant, you have to give life. You know, if you want to be free, you have to set others free. So going back to genetically modified food, you have this glutathione. And, uh, you know, so what does glutathione do? And uh, that what does it have to do with us? Isn't that just a plant that's out there <laughs> that, that really has nothing to do with us? Well, glutathione uh, is, so, I mean, you can go down to a health food store. And buy glutathione in the health food store. Because it's good for you, too. It's not just good for the plant. Uh, glutathione is what they call a powerful antioxidant that's made in the body's cells. Uh, its level decreases as uh, a result of aging. As a result of stress. And toxin exposures. Boost, boosting glutathione. Uh, may provide many health benefits, including reduction of stress. So, you can actually get this from plants, but you can't get it from GMOs because it's not in there. And because it's not in the GMO plant, the GMO plant is actually producing toxins, and you're eating them. But anyway, we'll be back to Keys of the Kingdom and take this to the next level. We'll be right back. So, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, why are we talking about all this biology stuff? I thought these were the keys of the kingdom. Well, the fact is, is everything in creation is created over and over and over again. The the same, you know, I mean, Jesus even talks about it, you know, looking for, you know, the signs in the heaven. They're telling you something. The signs in the earth are telling you something. The signs in the plants are telling you something. And somebody is trying to alter what the creation is telling you they're trying to recreate life in another image one of the amazing things about gmos is that you cannot reproduce the seed yourself they absolutely do not want you to reproduce the seed yourself you can't save your seeds uh you have to come back to them to buy more seeds you used to have over 600 seed cleaners traveling throughout the midwest cleaning seeds that farmers produce to get all the weed seeds out and the other things out so that they could take those seeds and go and replant them in their field and grow next year's crop. Saved them a huge amount of money. They cleaned it themselves, you know, with these big machines. They were operating, they were pulling these seed cleaners on trucks or trailers and they would come in and clean the farmer's seed. They've all been put out of business. They don't exist anymore in this country. If something interrupted the seed supply in this country, farmers wouldn't have anything to plant. 
That's how you got the the millions upon millions of people died in the Soviet Union and the Ukraine because they took the seeds away and people didn't have anything to plant. <laughs> and, you, you know, you won't have to look in the store to see if you're buying GMO or not GMO at that point because there won't be anything in the store to buy. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, which, you know, you know, go vaccinate for that. The reality is that is, that is a real possibility. You're used to have, like I say, seven years supply of grain in silos across this nation for all the wheat. If we had crop failures for six years in a row, we would still have food on the table. Already, already produced in silos, waiting, waiting to be put into trucks and shipped so you could have food in your house. Doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist anywhere in the world except from a few, you know, evidently there are places where certain government agencies are stockpiling food. <laughs> but they're not, they're not stockpiling it for you. That's one of the things that came out in the movie Contagion is that all the people in the government, they were being protected. The rest of you are on your own. <laughs> so, but, uh, that's, that's what you get, you know, when you've looked the wrong direction for your salvation. The reality is, is that they're now producing food that does not have uh, that uh, glutathione in it. It doesn't. It's it's and therefore it also has other toxins in it. Formaldehyde is just one of them, and it's causing infertility in the animals that eat that. It's probably causing infertility in the people who eat that, and you don't know that. You don't understand that, and and then you're killing millions of children every year through abortion and. Uh, so much so that you don't have enough people to support your social welfare system. So you have to import people. But the people you're importing, I mean, I can show you pictures of people coming across the border with measles. And not their regular strain of measles, but measles that are, I mean, really severe cases of measles. And that's just pouring across your border and nobody's checking. Nobody's stopping it. And even when they catch them, they just let them go again. Uh, because you're not protecting your borders. I don't think we should have borders, but I don't think we should have to lock our front door. But the reality is we do have to lock our front door because there are criminals out there trying to rob and steal and cheat. And so I don't lock it to the good people. As a matter of fact, my front door is often not locked. Uh, I seldom lock it. Uh, but uh, I also live way out where people don't usually break into homes. So there may come a day where that's not the case <laughs> <laughs> but uh the point is is that uh, that uh if you if you go and look uh, up this uh, particular uh, glutathione uh your body produces that naturally it's an antioxidant that's also found naturally in foods but it's also in the human cell and it neutralizes these free radicals and boosts the immune system detoxifies the body and there are a lot of other chemicals that do the same thing, but that's one of the uh, key things. Some of the symptoms, if you're short on that, is anemia. And so they they do things to try to boost your system so that you're not anemic. But, uh, one, you know, anemia is not the only uh, symptom. Another one is uh, you can actually develop a system metabolic acidosis. 
because of too much acid in your body and you it, which will cause frequent infections and and other symptoms that may cause problems like brain fog and even seizures because you don't have enough of this particular ingredient in your you know this glutathione in your system so you can end up with intellectual disabilities you you can lower your IQ <laughs> uh and you can even uh loss of coordination uh through what they call ataxia but i mean you don't need to memorize all these names but the point is is that nature has a way of healing you protecting you improving your immune system but there are other people coming along inventing things that break down your immune system degenerate your immune system that uh, make you more susceptible and one of the one of the chemicals that is included in that process of not having the uh, glutathione is an increase of formaldehyde and they actually have formaldehyde in vaccinations, you know, and they're giving it to infants. I mean, how many infants are being affected by that? But anyway, you can go look it up for yourself and read about it. There are people like uh, Dr. Shiva who are scientists who are coming out and explaining these things. And we're we're going to be sharing these things with people on the network. And the people in the network should be sharing them with other th- people so that people get educated and begin to find out what is really true and what is not true. That is one of the difficult things uh, in, in this day and age, you know, that you go Google it. And, well, what the, what the heck does that mean? Well, it means that Google's going to filter what you get because they're going to decide already what is true and what is not true, what is good and what is evil. But the reality is you can go out there and if you look around and use other search engines and uh, but really, ultimately, you don't want to be dependent upon an electronic network. You want to be dependent upon a network of people who actually care about you as much as they care about themselves. Which is why Christ created a network, actually commanded his apostles to create a network of the people where they sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, which connected all the Christians together so that they could actually practice pure religion. Pure religion being taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity rather than force, fear, and violence. The world wants to do it through force, fear, and violence. Compulsory this, mandatory that, uh, and uh, and just shoving things down your throat and injecting them in your skin and what have you. But the kingdom of heaven doesn't operate that way. So if you find yourself thinking that that's a good way to operate, then you can pretty much guarantee that you do not believe in Jesus Christ. You can say you do, but you're not doing what Christ said. Because Christ wasn't into the force thing. John the Baptist said, not by force, but by sharing. That is the, you know, I believe in the distribution of wealth. I believe that even in, you could even say I believe in the force distribution of wealth. But the only one who should force you is is the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of God in me is not going to force you. And if somebody's trying to force you, then that's not the spirit of God. That's the spirit of tyranny. And that's how tyranny grows in the world. I would read to you our Polybius post, but uh, I I don't have that in front of me right now. I can't get it in front of me. (laughs) But, uh, you know, when we get the system up and running again, you might take a look at that. You can probably look up Polybius and you'll find him saying it is that if you've become accustomed to living at the expense of others, 
You know, like husbands and wives do this. You know, the husband goes to work, earns some money, brings it home. Now, to, in this day and age, a lot of times both husband and wife go to work. But the wife could be at home taking care of the kids, teaching the kids, nurturing the kids, preparing good foods, nutritious foods for her family, and being where they're working as a team. But when they're not working as a team, then somebody can just kind of, you know, they do this out of love for one another. They take care of their children. That's the sacrifice. I said forgiveness is one of those elements that will turn on your epigenetics and make you a healthier, longer living person. Well, sacrifice will do the same thing in a slightly different way. That's laying down your life, which fathers and mothers do every day for their children. They will pick up life more abundant. And hopefully their children will do the same thing. When you don't have that dynamic in the relationship, something goes wrong in the family. This is why statistics show us that single parent families, the child is more likely to be criminal, antisocial, sociopath, etc., etc., etc. Well, you can have both parents there in the family, but have the same effect as if it's a single parent family if one of the parents is undermining the role of the other one. You know, putting the father down or putting the mother down. And you see this, you know, we call it abuse. When when a husband is putting the wife down and say, you're stupid mother, you know, and putting her down in front of the children. And, you know, I've seen this. I mean, it's just terrible. But it can, it can work both ways. And they're not being husbands and wives when that is the element of their society. The same as that plant, when it's not neutralizing the toxin of formaldehyde because it's not producing glutathione, then what what do you have? You have a plant that becomes toxic. If you have the same kind of thing going on in your relationship of husband and wife, that relationship becomes toxic. And it begins to poison your children, your offspring. It poisons your seed. So you have to be operating in love all the time. Sacrificing for one, you know, in long-suffering. Love is long-suffering. And you have to be doing things, you know, I was joking around with a number of people, uh, you know, neighbors in my own family about, you know, there's a certain OCD in some of the members of my family where they don't like certain things. You know, it irritates them because, you know, they want these things. And and they know it. And they deal with it. But the reality is that that OCD, that compulsion is coming from somewhere and it's compelling your behavior. It's comp- compelling your emotions. It's compelling your state of mind because this bothers you. You don't want to be moving from what bothers you. You want to be moving from what brings peace. You know, you're doing things that make you feel or or make you better, not just feel better. But actually, obviously, when you are better, you feel better. But your goal is not just the feeling, but the actual being better. And so moving with that spirit to do what you do, the outcome will be different. You may do exactly the same thing, but you have a spiritual element. You're now doing it out of love. You're now doing it out of concern and caring. 
You're now doing it out of, you know, that, you know, if you, if it's the same as like if you pay taxes to a government that exercises authority, which you may have to do if you've made covenants with them, you may owe the tax and you should pay the tax. But that government forces you to pay. And you say, well, I, I comply and I agree. So, But if you don't and they come and they arrest you and throw you into jail, there's a spiritual dynamic that has been cut off by that relationship. If you are, seek another government, the kingdom of God, it doesn't operate by forced offerings. It operates, like in the Old Testament, by free will offerings. In the New Testament, we call it charity. This is going to bring another element of spiritual DNA to your relationships, to all your relationships. Because they're not based on force, they're based on love. Love is not force. Love is a power, but it's not a force. It's not force. It is a force, not force. And you, what you're doing is creating a spiritual dynamic and you're surrounding every cell in your body with that spiritual dynamic. You can't fake this. You can't fake love. I mean, a prostitute can fake love and it looks like love. It's physically the same act as love or what some people call love. They call it making love. But and, and prostitution isn't always necessarily sexual. You know, it could be compliments, admiration, making somebody feel like you care, saying, I love you, I care for you. But in reality, that's not what's taking place behind the scenes, behind the spiritual curtain of our being. Because they're not really motivated out of that spirit of sacrifice. And what you will see if you look closely at the relationship, they're expecting others to sacrifice for them. They they want to press others to sacrifice for them. Others, and this is, you know, the ultimately this gets down to, you know, these images that people draw of the, the statue of Baal, where they're taking their baby and laying it on the hands of Baal and then drops the baby into the fiery and it burns it up. That's a spiritual DNA that is willing to sacrifice others for you, for your convenience. This is why abortion is rampant in the world today. It's not because abortion is legal. It's because there's a spiritual element in us that is selfish, that is willing to take life so that we will have life more abundant. You know, what we think is more abundant. Well, actually, is the reverse is going to happen. You're going to destroy the very fabric that has brought about life on this planet. You you will cause plants to no longer bear fruit. You will people will no longer bear fruit. That's one of the first symptoms that you see in a lot of animals that are eating GMO products, is that fertility goes away. You know, formaldehyde will do that. <laughs> that's that's all, all all needs to be said about that. That's why it's used as a toxin in the producing of vac- vaccinations is because it takes life away. That's why God created plants that produces things that neutralize the formaldehyde. And it's why Monsanto produces plants that doesn't uh, neutralize the formaldehyde and doesn't allow you to eat the glutathione that would help you neutralize some of the formaldehyde that might be created in you or be ingested by you. 
So it's taking away all your natural defenses. Now you can say, oh, this is a conspiracy. It's just nature. If you don't live according to the way of Christ, which is the way of forgiving and sacrificing and giving, setting people free and and uh, caring about others as much as you care about yourself, uh, not being covetous, not engaging in covetous practices, all these things are keys to the key, kingdom of heaven. If you go the opposite direction, you will be bound up. You will be made merchandise. You will be made... Uh, cursed, uh, you will be surety for debt. These things will come about if you don't follow the ways of Christ. If you follow the ways of Christ, you will have life more abundant. Your days will be longer upon the land. But unfortunately, everybody seems to be going the other way. And in order to delude them to think that the other way is okay, they've invented the thing we call modern religion. And people are married to their modern religion more than they are married to their own spouses. Their modern ideas about God is their ideology, their idolatry. They clearly are doing the opposite of Christ, but they have some religious pastor or minister who says, no, you're doing what Christ said. They're going to tickle their ears, going to say what they want to hear. And they're not going to see the destruction that they are bringing upon themselves. And that's what's happening. We are bringing the destruction of society upon ourselves. And it would get unbelievably worse if it was allowed to go. But there will be an interruption. This program of self-destruction is going to be interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) And you want to be on the right side. A prophecy. You can't change prophecy. Well, to some degree you can't. You can change your relationship to it. You can be the parts that go down to the pit in destruction because you're you're willing to devour one another. You're willing to force one another. You're willing to compel one another. You're willing to force vaccinations, force uh, contributions from your neighbors so that you can have more stuff and you can have security. You're not praying to Christ. For your salvation, you're praying to the governments of the world for your salvation. You're you're praying to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. So now you say, well, I want to pray to Christ. I want to pray to God the Father who art in heaven. So how do you do that? Well, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. That's an element of the kingdom. That's one of the keys of the kingdom. You you do not come out you do not break the chains of your bondage by cursing at them or cursing at your jailers. You do it by repentance, turning around, coming together, sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, starting to sacrifice for the well being of others through faith, hope, and charity, start giving your burnt offerings uh to those who are actually doing the work of Christ. And you you get to make those decisions because it it's a free assembly, it's free will offerings, it's about liberty in Christ. But now, if you find yourself walking down the road to force other people to comply with your wishes, you're not on the path to the kingdom of heaven. 
you're on the path that goes the other way. You're headed towards the kingdom of hell. And you can hire all the preachers you want to tell you that you're saved, but your your works are telling you, telling me, telling everybody around you that you are on the road to destruction. Because you don't care about others as much as you care about yourself. You say you do. But you you don't. And your actions show that you don't. You want to twist the arms of others. Force them to comply with your wishes. Compel them to endanger their children so that you will be more safe. That's what forced vaccination is all about. We know on the packets, it says, and the Swedes were telling us this, that there are many side effects and dangers and everything. They've actually taken out the insert and read it, evidently. You don't even get to see it. That you're endangering your children. And we were showing that you're actually endangering others by the same thing because you, you are now becoming a toxic sluffer of the disease. You will go out and slough the disease off for other people that have no protection. And you may, you may suffer an immediate reaction. You may, you know, people say, oh, we don't want to, you know, the example, I'm going to repeat it again. Up here in Oregon, doctor's office had 2,000 some people that had a variety of different vaccinations, but they had 714, 15 people that had no vaccinations whatsoever. The statistics tell us that one in 50 of everybody who uh, is born today, one in 50 will become autistic. One in 50 will become autistic. But amongst those 714 people that had no vaccinations, they only had one case of autism. If the statistic is right, they should have had one in 50. But they don't. But, you know, correlation is not causation. But that should be a huge red flag to people. Even amongst the people who had only received partial vaccinations, they didn't receive them all, the rate of autism was way down against the national average. Now, and and we pointed this out, I'm going to repeat this too. All the statistics are available if they will open them up. You can go in Europe, you can go in the United States, and there are statistics available where you can measure people who have had no vaccinations against those people who've had all the vaccinations and those who had partial of vaccinations, enter this all into a computer and in 15 minutes, uh, depending on the computer you entered into and <laughs> the program you use, it will tell you who's getting autism and who's not. And by those statistics, just at one doctor's office, it's the people who get vaccinated are getting autism, which is a plague. One in 50. That's worse than the people getting polio which was only like one in a hundred would have permanent side effects for getting polio, you know, paralysis for getting polio. Maybe two in a hundred if you want to be really technical about it. But it's probably only one or less in a hundred. Because now you could say of those who show visible signs of paralysis, it might be a little bit higher percentage. But of those who got polio, it's, tiny fraction so why are we getting so much autism and then that's saying nothing of all the autoimmune diseases that are going out there and killing people where their own immune system is eating them up and destroying them that's 
that's a biological chemical process that has taken place in, you know, with all these plague of autoimmune diseases that we have today and gastrointestinal problems, which is probably not so much related. It's related to what you eat rather than the vaccines you've been getting, but they may be interrelated because this is a complex system. If you're consuming large amounts of formaldehyde in your food and glyphosates in your food and and other toxins in your foods, then you probably are going to have gastrointestinal problems. You're going to kill certain bacteria and influence certain bacteria in your body. But I tell you, all this can be overcome if you repent and think a different way. Think the way of Christ. The way of Christ was not the way of force. It was the way of sacrifice. It was the way of forgiveness. That's the way you have to go. And that will probably take you turning around. Because right now you're dependent upon people who operate by force. You want to get dependent on people who operate by love. And you want to become one of those people. And that's being born again. We'll be back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, uh, an article has been haunting me. I haven't read it in its entirety. Actually, during the break, I read down quite a ways. But I I, I saw it the other day, and I was going to make a response to it. Uh, you know, just the mem that was on uh, Facebook, and, and something held me back. And so anyway, during the break, I thought I would. it was still sitting there open on my laptop. So I popped it up and took a look at it. And I read quite a ways down. And this is an example of insanity that has become mainstream thinking, lacking of common sense. And so I thought I'd just go over some of the elements of this article. Because hidden between the lines is actually what you need to know and the solution. And maybe we'll get to it. We only have a little bit of time left in the show. But uh, it's an article written by Ethan uh, Siegel. And Alex uh, Berezo on uh, March 21st, 2019. So it's a pretty recent article. And it appears in uh, Scientific American at scientificamerican.com. It's a blog article. And you can probably find it by looking for opting out of vaccines should opt you out of American society. Uh, that's the theme of the article. That's the title of the article. It says people who are able to uh, take vaccines but refuse to do so are the moral equivalent of drunk drivers. Now, that's what somebody is saying. You know, Ethan Siegel and Alex uh, Berezo are, are saying that. But is that true? Is that the same thing? Because you don't want to take a vaccine that's the same as driving drunk? <laughs> well, if you know a little bit about how vaccines work and etc. and what we've been sharing with you, which again, you know, I could share with you a lot of uh, sites that say either this week or last week and, and they were going on and on and they do a lot of good stuff. But, uh, the woman was presenting an emotional appeal and was not really doing much science. And I guess she can, but her arguments were not very good. So I, you know, my information is coming from the World Health Organization, from the congressional record, from the guy who invented the salt vaccine, from guys who have four PhDs. I'm not motivated out of uh, money or anything like that. I'm motivated out of love. So I'm telling you what I really see, what I hear, what I believe to be true, and what evidently the World Health Organization believes to be true. Because they've actually genetically tested 
the viruses that are killing and crippling these children in the Congo and Syria. And it is all the genetic virus. They say in the article, it's not the wild polio virus. It's from, and they actually give you the number, the vaccine. Uh, that's why kids are getting sick and getting crippled and dying. Because people are there injecting. Just like the case, I think it was in Australia, where a woman... You know, nurse injected a woman's child against her will behind her back and the child died within minutes. It actually happened to two children, two different children situations. And that they, they stopped giving that vaccine. It was an MMR, I believe, uh, vaccine. But, uh, anyway, uh, so who, who was the drunk driver in that case? You know, uh, vaccines and, and the government of Sweden realized vaccines can cause damage. If you read the insert, it can cause damage. A drunk driver might go down the road and hit nobody, but he's still held accountable for doing that because he might cause damage. If I don't get a vaccine, if I don't vaccinate my one-year-old child or grandchild, that's not the same as a drunk driver. The person giving the shot is the same as the drunk driver because they don't know who they're going to kill or injure or hurt. There is a concerted effort to cover up who is getting hurt by vaccinations. There is an effort to do it. Is anybody who goes and tries to find out what's going on, this is why you call up the health people in Rockford uh, County, is it Rockland uh, County, and uh, they won't tell you how many people have measles. They just throw out 159 people with measles. They don't have... The vast majority, 90% of those, do not have measles anymore. They got better. They're immune. They can actually pass that immunity on to their children and maybe even to their neighbors. They are your shield against an outbreak because they actually have total immunity. You go give the vaccine shot and you'll probably, you know... You might not get measles, but you might because we know that kids were getting measles who had the vaccine. We know that the person who gets the vaccine shot is going to shed vaccine viruses that can mutate into serious cases of measles. So they may get sick. So who's the drunk driver? The guy with the syringe or the guy getting poked with the syringe? But anyway, let's go on with this crazy article. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see, uh, the ongoing measles outbreak across the United States and Europe uh, prove definitely that our personal choices affect everybody around us. What outbreak? Four cases of measles. Uh, well, like I give you the example last week of uh, the measles outbreak here in Oregon. is actually not in Oregon. It's in Washington. And it was 140-some cases, and they were all from the same source. And uh, they are all got measles and getting over it and developing a lifetime of immunity. There's almost no reason why anybody would die or have permanent damage from measles. We know that an interesting thing, this is, this is how you have to do your homework. And, and you need to do this homework and, and spread this information to a network of people that want to remain connected because they want to care about one another. If your child gets measles, what do you need to do for them? What's the best thing? They say, oh, put them in a dark room. 
you know, and uh, make sure they stay warm and drink liquids and all those kinds of things. What about vitamin A? Should they get vitamin A? What? Why would they need vitamin A? Measles, for some reason, and I don't know the chemistry of it exactly, but it's pretty well documented that when uh, people get measles, the body drains itself of all of its vitamin A. It, somehow or other, the body is using vitamin A to fight the measles, or somehow or other, it's in that process of overcoming the measles. If a kid goes blind because he got measles, it's because he was had a deficiency of vitamin A. We know a deficiency of vitamin A causes blindness. That's what's happening. So you want to make sure that if your child gets measles, he gets plenty of vitamin A because he will probably get over the measles quicker and he will not suffer any damage to his eyes because he will have sufficient vitamin A. You know that now because I just told you. So where do you get vitamin A? Do you know that? If you had a network of people who care about one another, it would be easy to find out where you get vitamin A. Fish have vitamin A. Other plants have vitamin A. Which plants? I can't remember all of them. But you don't want to depend on my memory. You don't want to depend on a book. You want to depend on a network of people who can carry this information from generation to generation. And there are lots of places you can get vitamin A. The healthier your child is, the quicker he will get better. And have a lifetime of immunity and probably never get shingles. So who's the drunk driver? The guy with the needle? Or the guy who's getting stuck with the needle? Or doesn't want to get stuck with the needle? Doesn't want his child to be endangered by all the side effects that are listed in an insert that if you folded it out and put it in 12-point print, it would be gigantic of the possibilities of damage and injury. They don't they don't even address that. You know, and I don't know that these guys are shills for the vaccine companies or pharmaceutical companies. They may be just deluded fools. Just because you have a typewriter and you can type up, a, you know, a sentence doesn't make it true. But what what are they doing? They want to ostracize you. But let's go back to that title again. Opting out of vaccines means you can opt out of American society. What is American society? <laughs> so anyway, I'll let you stew on that. Think about that for a while. The exact same reasoning applies to vaccinations. There is no moral difference between a drunk driver and willfully unvaccinated person. Both are selfishly, recklessly, and knowingly putting the lives of everyone they encounter at risk. That's the accusation. Everyone, the person with a needle and a vaccine in his hand who wants to go and stick your child is putting your child at risk. And you can pull out the insert and hold it up and it says, this is what you're risking for my child. Why? Because you're afraid your child's going to get sick. Because the vaccine you're giving my child doesn't work. (laughs) It works a little bit. But what does it work? How does it do? Uh, You're increasing the risk, like I say, of shingles. You're increasing the risk of sloughing the disease off to other people that are not yet vaccinated. You're risking that this child will never, ever be able to pass on immunity to his children because he's not going to get the the actual natural measles. So, therefore, he can't pass this on. You're going to be affecting all sorts of things, increasing the formaldehyde in his body, etc., etc., etc. But they're going to accuse you of putting everybody at risk when it's actually them 
especially with forced vaccination, going out and forcing everybody to get the vaccination. Dangerous. Extremely dangerous. It's that insert times a millions of people. So he says, uh, goes on here, uh, their behavior endangers the health and safety and livelihood of the innocent bystanders who happen to have the misfortune of being in their path. Well, no, because they don't have the disease. They may even already have lifetime immunity. You don't know they don't have lifetime immunity. They may be actually protecting you because they have lifetime immunity, but you want to vaccinate them anyway. You haven't checked that. You haven't taken the time to look and see if these people are actually getting less diseases. That's what the, that was, not only did you only have one case of autism in 714 children, you also had less other problems, less asthma, less allergies, less other autoimmune problems. The statistics are phenomenal. And this is just a little tiny sampling, not sufficient. You actually have the data available to find out what is true and who is really at risk and who is really making you safe. But they will not look at it. They will not release it so that you can examine it. Because They fight releasing that information because that would shed real light on this whole issue of forced vaccinations against uh, free choice. They don't want that. They don't want you to know. And articles like this don't bring that up. The reason why, uh, the reason why are simple, he says, and straightforward. Vaccines aren't perfect. Ah, yes, he says. They can wear off over time. They also cannot work. <laughs> they might work. They might not. And they might cause all those millions of, uh, uh, I should say millions of side effects because you want to give it to millions of people. So he doesn't doesn't mention that. And not everyone can be vaccinated. That is one and only one legitimate reason to skip a vaccination, being Im, immune compromised. Some individuals, because of genetic deficiencies or diseases like cancer, cannot receive vaccinations. Okay, are you testing for those genetic deficiencies? But actually, there's all kinds of reasons why you don't. And the whole country of Sweden decided that there are all kinds of reasons that you don't. But these people don't care about that. Their whole point is they want to be protected. They want to be saved at your expense. They don't mind endangering you with a vaccination. They didn't even mention the myriad of side effects that come from vaccination. They don't mention that. Because they're not interested in that. The the billions of dollars are paid out for just a fraction of the vaccine damage done in in this country. He doesn't mention that. It, they, it's just not part of their thinking. And not that I care about the billions of dollars, but just a fraction of the people injured by vaccine, vaccines have received compensation, which was not adequate compensation in almost any case whatsoever. But it amounts to billions of dollars. So there's serious amount of people being injured for lifetime, crippled, put into chairs, uh, wheelchairs, die because of vaccines. More than drunk drivers injured. More vaccines now injure. More people are injured by vaccines than by drunk drivers in this country. 
But he's saying that if you don't get the vaccine, that you're endangering everybody else because of this plague of measles, which does not exist, which most people get over. It's it's insane. But they don't. They they are so filled with self righteousness. These these are sociopaths. Sociopathy is rampant in that country that has been socialist for almost a hundred years. And America has been a socialist nation, not entirely socialist, but certainly socialist programs have been pervasive in our lifestyle for a hundred years. Public education, socialism, social security is socialism. Our money system is socialistic. Uh, you you don't you don't get the value of your labor. You get a note for it. <laughs> that's that's not capitalism. You have not had capitalism in America since 1913. You've had remnants of capitalism, elements of capitalism, but you don't really have capitalism. You don't own your property. You don't own your labor. You don't evidently own your children. The state does. That's not capitalism. You are, you do not own the means of production yourself. So anyway, vaccines such as MMR, he says, measles, mumps, and rubella, cannot be administered before 12 months of age. These vulnerable people rely on the responsible actions of everyone else in society to protect them, uh, a concept known as herd immunity. See, you don't get herd immunity from the vaccine. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, but uh, in Japan, you don't get those vaccines until 24 months, and they have far less injuries. They still have injuries, but they have far less because they wait 24 months. Um, but the reality is is that uh, you know the, the, these guys are totally brainwashed, and they're trying to brainwash you with these articles. Um, he says, for their sake, we have moral and their, uh, a moral, and there should be a legal obligation to protect them. Everyone who can be vaccinated must be vaccinated in order to prevent the spread of disease. Yet, I just told you the World Health Organization says polio is being spread in the Congo by the vaccination. It's being spread in Syria by the vaccination. It's being spread in the United States since 1961. By 1977, Johan uh, Salk, uh, the inventor of the Salk vaccine, said that all cases of polio were the result of the vaccine from 1961 to 19, at least 1977. And there's actually been uh, studies since then that show that it is, again, the vaccine that is spreading the disease. It's not the wild virus. It's the vaccine. Do these guys make any mention of that? They're saying in order to prevent the spread of the disease, you have to be vaccinated. But actual information from World Health Organization and other places saying it is the vaccine that is spreading the disease. So you tell me what's what. The fact is that people are being educated by these imbeciles who don't do any real research. It's up to you to educate people where they are not. And in that process of taking the time and the energy and the resources that you have available to help people spread the truth, you know, if I went out and really was spreading this truth on our YouTube channel or something, we'd probably be shut down. 
one of the ways they shut you down is they demonetize your channel. None of our channels are monetized, so that's not a problem. But they could actually remove you entirely. But other people who are seeing this censorship going on are trying to create other channels where they are uh, can still speak. And I actually joined one of those groups uh, the other day. And uh, hopefully it will grow and we'll be able to put more information out there. But my real, I am not really anti-vax. I am pro-kingdom because he being hate the vaccination, hate the pharmaceutical company, hate Monsanto is a negative approach. That's That's resisting evil and hating evil. You want to seek the kingdom, seek righteousness. And that looks much different because, see, evil doesn't mind if you oppose it. It, it actually makes evil stronger when you oppose it. Yeah, not that I am pro-evil. I am pro-righteousness. This says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It doesn't say, seek the kingdom of God and war against unrighteousness. It doesn't even say war against injustices. It says, attend to justice. So what you want to be doing is creating that alternative so that if they do make you have to opt out of American society, you're actually opting out of the U.S. Uh, society and into the republic. You want to opt out into the republic of righteousness and that's a place where people care about each other as much as they care about themselves. And so if you wanted to do that eventually... What you need to do is what Christ said to do, what John the Baptist said to do, what uh, Moses said to do. And Christ commanded that you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands so that you can implement what James calls pure religion, caring for one another. So, you know, he he goes on, and or they, these two guys go on and say, you cannot inflict harm or infringe on the rights and liberties of those around you. Yet, we know vaccines harm people. They might protect some remote people, but the person you're injecting is definitely endangered by that injection. Which is, you know, where on this guy's page does he have a link to the insert sheet for MMR? Where you can see the possible side effects that occur to the tune of millions and millions and billions of dollars every year and those are the only the side effects that they detect and are filed timely with the appropriate government agencies meanwhile the first the only thing immune in the vaccination programs of today is the pharmaceutical companies they're immune to being sued and they made sure that they got that immunity with senators and congressmen that they paid off to give them that immunity and now you have to pay for those injuries that your vaccinations are causing. But now they're having this this movement worldwide for forced vaccinations. So, you know, you know, he, he they go on and make these stupid analogies of uh you know that uh, even though we have a second amendment, you are not allowed to shoot a gun for sport in the middle of the city or town. Stray bullets are not only scary, they're hazardous and often inadvertently kill people. Vaccines inadvertently kill people. If you think vaccines protect you, then go get them. And if you think you're 
12-month-old child might be exposed to somebody that has measles, keep your 12-month-old child away from those people. Don't associate with unvaccinated people. Don't invite them over. I mean, your 12-month-old child isn't walking down the street, you know, bumping into people. (laughs) So you can protect them yourself. Why is it okay to put your neighbor's child in danger of vaccine injury because you fear for your child who has no contact with them? And you have control over that contact. I mean, your child's not attending public school. And these outbreaks are non-existent. Virtually non-existent. You know, if you have four children with a, uh, a, a disease, that's called an outbreak. It's not a plague. It's just an outbreak. And it's easy to isolate those four children so that they don't come over and see your one-month-old child. I mean, you can tell. Now, a vaccinated kid who could be sloughing the virus, you can't tell with him. So if you go get your, you know, uh, if you have a child uh, 10 months after one child and you have one vaccinated at 12 months, the baby that you have brought home is now in danger of the sloughing virus that come off of the MMR vaccination because it doesn't have that vaccination and you haven't been passing on natural immunity through breastfeeding because you didn't go, you know, or you didn't go and get natural immunity that can be passed from generation to generation. You were probably vaccinated too. So anyway, this is just touching on the problem a little bit. Join the network. Start coming together as Christ commanded. Start caring for one another. Start getting educated. Start seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because that is your salvation. To do what Christ said. Until then, peace on your house and may God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www dot his holy church dot net Thank you.